Oklahoma quarterback Caleb Williams is in the transfer portal. So should Oregon be interested in the former five-star recruit who just beat the Ducks in the Alamo Bowl? My answer might surprise you. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked on Ducks. I'm Spencer McLaughlin, your host. Thank you for making this your first listen every day. This is your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks every single weekday on the Locked on Podcast Network. Remember to like and subscribe, leave a nice review or comment if you have not already. If you have, thank you very much. If you ever want to get a question answered on the show, just hit me up on Twitter at smalls underscore 55 or use the hashtag AskLODPod and make sure you are following at Locked On Ducks on Twitter to follow along with the show. Don't miss an episode. Keep up with all the latest breaking news, of which there is always a lot, and all that good stuff. Today's episode is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to netsuite.com slash NCAA for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. So, Big news coming in college football, and I think it could impact the Ducks. Caleb Williams is in the transfer portal, and I will give you all my thoughts on him in the next segment. I know, keeping on your edge of your seats just a little bit, because I wanted to start today's show by wrapping up with some final thoughts on the staff. Actually, you know what? I won't keep you waiting. Let's get into Caleb Williams, because I find this to be fascinating. So he goes to Oklahoma behind Spencer Rattler, who at one time is projected as a top five pick in the NFL draft. He is now transferred to South Carolina. Spencer Rattler has. Williams plays, shows the five-star potential, looks like a really good player, is going to be the man of the future for the Sooners. And then Lincoln Riley leaves, and that all changes. He plays in the Alamo Bowl, and then he goes into the portal. And no one has any idea where he's going to go. There's a lot of rumors flying around out there. The number one place where people are speculating he could go would be to USC. I don't think he will go to USC. Is it impossible? No. I mean, he clearly liked playing for Lincoln Riley. That's why he went to Oklahoma in the first place and was happy to have the starting job and, for all intents and purposes, was going to be a Sooner for his entire collegiate career. But that's not the world of college football we live in anymore. Everybody gets a one-time freebie in the portal, and so the offers are likely flooding in. I'm sure his phone is plenty busy, and he could go to USC and play for Lincoln Riley. I don't think he will, because I think USC already has their quarterback. And Caleb Williams is not the sort of guy who wants to go to a place where he would have to compete with someone who I think is a really potentially high-level college quarterback in Jackson Dart. Now, that begs the question, or this whole situation, which is just bizarre. I mean, this came out of nowhere. Once he played in the Alamo Bowl, that sort of seemingly cemented his legacy of, or his future, that is, of playing for the Oklahoma Sooners. Because why else would you play in a quote-unquote meaningless bowl game if you were not going to play for that team the following year, especially as the quarterback. And he looked really good in that game. Now, he had half an hour to throw the ball each time he dropped back, 
but he still was able to make a lot of big-time plays, which is what he showed throughout the year and what Oklahoma thought they could get when they recruited him. So should Oregon be going after him? Stylistically, I've talked about this on previous episodes. You can go back and listen if you want a more deep dive on Bo Nix. Bo Nix can work in Kenny Dillingham's office and offense, and there is a past history there. Dillingham was the offensive coordinator, wasn't the play caller, but still significant that he was the offensive coordinator at Auburn. Bo Nix's freshman year when they beat Oregon in that game to start the year, and then they beat Alabama later in the year as well, that 48 to 45 shootout at uh, at Auburn. Like it was a really awesome game. So if Bo Nix can work in this Kenny Dillingham offense, Caleb Williams absolutely can. They are very similar guys. Both five-star recruits coming out of high school, both mobile, big arms, maybe have some limitations. I actually think Williams is a little bit better. And let's say this hypothetical scenario comes to pass and Caleb Caleb Williams ends up at the University of Oregon. You might be wondering, why would we want that many quarterbacks? I mean, we already have Bo Nix and Ty Thompson is there and Jay Butterfield is there, even though Ashford, it looks like, is going to leave. I'm just telling you, as I mentioned when Bo Nix came to Oregon, I don't really care how Oregon gets their best players. Obviously, I want them to do it, you know, playing by the rules so that there aren't sanctions and whatnot, but I would be, it would be weird, no doubt. If Bo Nix came and then Caleb Williams came to Oregon, that would be pretty crazy. Would I, as an Oregon fan, want that to happen? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because Caleb Williams, I think, has a higher ceiling as a quarterback than Bo Nix. And I think right now, and the stats back me up, Caleb Williams overall is a better quarterback. These are their numbers from this year. Caleb Williams, we saw what he could do in the Alamo Bowl, torched Oregon for 21-27, 247 through the air, three touchdowns, no picks. He ran for 34 yards on seven carries as well. This season, Caleb Williams has a 65% completion percentage, 21 touchdowns to four picks, a 169 passer rating, and just over nine yards per attempt. Bo Nix this year, oh, and Caleb Williams ran for 442 yards and six touchdowns, averaging five and a half yards a carry. Bo Nix this year, his third season as a starter, now he didn't get to finish it because he got injured, but he was at a 61% completion percentage, which was a career best, the first time he's been over 60%, 11 touchdowns to three picks, 130 passer rating, seven yards an attempt, just under three yards a carry, 148 rushing yards, and four touchdowns. So numbers-wise, Caleb Williams has the edge, and I have watched both of these guys play college football. I would rather have Caleb Williams. And yes, as I said, it would be weird if Oregon brought in Caleb Williams to compete for the starting job. And maybe it would cement the fact that Ty Thompson would not ever be the Oregon starting quarterback like I know some of you perhaps want him to be. But Caleb Williams is a true freshman with three years of eligibility left. If Oregon could pull this off, and I haven't seen anything that would indicate that, you know, at this point they're a leader in the clubhouse, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. No one really is a leader in the clubhouse. Would I want Caleb Williams? Absolutely. You know, I think Bo Nix can work. I know Caleb Williams is a good college quarterback. And I think Bo Nix's ceiling, it's possible he might have hit it. But I think with Caleb Williams, 
the potential is a lot higher. I'm going to get to more on this, and then later in the show, some final thoughts on the Oregon coaching staff, but first, we take a quick pause. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution. Because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. Go to Built.com, use promo code, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Hey, Duck fans. I want to tell you about an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are making up to $0.25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code SCORE and get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code SCORE to get up to $0.50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code SCORE to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code SCORE. Although Bo Nix has a couple things going for him that would make him a better candidate to be the Oregon starting quarterback come 2022, notably SEC experience, overall college football experience compared to a guy like Caleb Williams or any of these freshmen and his background with Kenny Dillingham. There's a lot going there. But, and and also to be fair to Bo Nix, when I reference the stats that he and uh, Caleb Williams have put up this year, Williams are better. He does have a better coach. Lincoln Riley, or had a better coach, now that Lincoln Riley's gone. We'll see if those two end up reuniting. But Lincoln Riley is a better offensive coach than Brian Harson because Lincoln Riley is a better offensive coach than just about anybody else in college football. There's just not that many guys that are very close. But I really don't think Caleb Williams is going to go to USC. Jackson Dart is good, and I think Lincoln Riley is going to see that. And he's a talented enough guy to where if Caleb Williams comes in and Lincoln Riley names him the starter, that's just another good quarterback, Jackson Dart, who will likely enter the transfer portal. And I, I don't see it happening. I could be wrong, but I'm telling you, that Jackson Dart guy, if you haven't watched him, he can sling it. I would rather have Caleb Williams than Bo Nix. And it doesn't make me feel you know down about Bo Nix. I'm just saying if I had to choose between the two, I would go with Caleb Williams. I think his ceiling is higher. And I think that, you know, statistical comparisons aside, just when I watch the two guys play, I think Williams has a lot better poise, has a lot better presence. And Bo Nix is still going to be, and if he ends up being the starter, we'll see this as Duck fans, he is still working out things that have plagued him since his freshman year. 
He breaks the he breaks down in the pocket too early. He doesn't have you know that sort of pocket presence that you would really want in a, a third year starting quarterback. It would be his fourth year in 2022, and his ability to play within the structure of an offense can therefore be limited because he can break out of it too early and want to run. And Caleb Williams, by the way, is an excellent runner. He's a very capable. The first time we even saw him as college football fans this year, he came in on fourth and short against Texas, and he busted like a 57-yard touchdown run on uh, on a short yardage situation against the Longhorns in one of the craziest college football games of the last decade. And Spencer Rattler was the quarterback then, but Caleb Williams took the starting job away from Spencer Rattler. Well, I think Rattler kind of lost it, but Williams certainly got a firm grasp on it by the end of the year and helped lead Oklahoma to what was ultimately an 11-win season. So Williams is a true freshman this year, and to me, he already seems like a more refined quarterback than Bo Nix. His pocket presence, I think he's a better thrower on the run, and he's just less erratic as a player. His completion percentage is higher as a true freshman, again, in a better offense, but his completion percentage is higher as a true freshman than Bo Nix has been, or than Bo Nix has had in any of his three seasons playing college football. And Lincoln Riley can make up for a lot. I don't know if he can account for that large of a gap. I mean, until this year, Nix hadn't completed 60% of his passes in a season. So I, I don't know if Oregon is looking at him or if they're going to be interested, but I tell you what, if you had to make me choose between Bo Nix and Caleb Williams, I would take Caleb Williams. And it's not because I think Bo Nix is terrible. I just don't see the same number of limitations or potential hiccups in terms of play style in Caleb Williams that I see in Bo Nix. Doesn't mean Williams is perfect. You can find some freshman mistakes and all that sort of stuff, but I just think he's a much more poised and refined player. And if Oregon could go get him, it would be completely unprecedented, but you know, you know, bringing in a transfer quarterback and then bringing in another one who was starting at a Power Five school the season before, having two guys like that in the locker room, yeah, it might lead to Bo Nix transferring away from Oregon if Caleb Williams took the job away from him. But Oregon football would be in a better position at the quarterback slot with Caleb Williams than with Bo Nix, or most likely than with Ty Thompson. It's just, I I think that is. 100% the case. And so if I'm Dan Lanning and I'm Kenny Dillingham, I get on the phone and I say, what's your interest in Oregon? Because this was a blue chip style prospect, a guy who has shown the potential to show up in big games and win in a power five conference and play offense at a high level. I would take him. I, I really, really would. One more break. And when we come back, some final thoughts on the Oregon coaching staff, Joe, Lorig is a name that you are going to want to remember. I'll tell you why right after this. This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. Over 20,000 businesses already use NetSuite. For the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked. Head to netsuite.com slash locked for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. netsuite.com slash locked. 
Okay, so I went through a bunch of the Oregon coaching staff hires yesterday. It's all put together. Dan Lanning and Kenny Dillingham and Tosh Lapoy and you know all the other guys. You can listen to yesterday's pod for all of that. But one guy I did not mention, but when I thought about it yesterday, I realized how important he might be. And I think you as Duck fans are going to relate to and understand all of this is Joe Lorig. Joe Lorig is the new special teams coach and Nickelbacks, you know, the position, not the band. So he's coaching the special teams and the DBs, you know, like uh, Bennett Williams, those sorts of guys. His units have twice ranked number one nationally in special teams efficiency. And this is a guy, Joe Lorig, who has a Pacific Northwest background. He's from Edmonds, Washington, which is actually where my parents live. Shout out to Edmonds. Also where uh, the greatest Jeopardy player of all time, Ken Jennings, is from, if you didn't know. So lots of good people coming out of Edmonds, Washington, apparently. But Lorig had worked with Lanning on the Memphis staff, that they were, uh, and Dillingham was on that staff as well. And he called in his statement, you know, when, after he'd accepted the job, he said Oregon was his dream job because he's from the Pacific Northwest. He attended Western Oregon University. So coaching for the Ducks has always been, according to him, a dream. And you can, under, you, you can really see why. And it may not be that glorious or flashy to talk about a special teams coordinator. But I think he's got the potential to make a sizable upgrade in the day-to-day game management that Oregon fans have seen over the last couple of years compared to what we could see in the coming years. If this guy is able to have his units playing at the sort of level that that they have in the past. As I said, they've twice ranked number one nationally in special teams efficiency when he was at, at Penn State and previous stops where he's been the special teams coordinator. I think that it's really easy to overlook that side of the ball because there there is no side of the ball for special teams. It's just kind of there. But watching Oregon football over the last couple of years under Mario Cristobal, they've done a lot of things well. I know it's really easy to to trash on Mario and everything. Like, oh, it was terrible. It was not terrible. It just wasn't perfect, and things could get better. And this is one of the areas that I will be looking for. Now, I will say the previous special teams coach deserves some credit for the growth of Camden Lewis because he turned into a very reliable kicker this year after his first season in 2019 and 2020 campaign. He lost the starting kicking job after his freshman year, but he got it back, and that freshman season, he had some really bad kicks. He missed extra points, 22-yard field goals. I think he missed an 18-yarder in the game against Auburn. That's not good, but he has grown tremendously, so they deserve credit for that. But when I watched the Oregon special teams over the last couple of years, the kick coverage just has to be better. I mean, the number of times opponents have been able to bring the ball out past the 30 or the 35 or out towards midfield. You know, Wisconsin brought a kick back in the Rose Bowl. And just when you watch it time and time again, that element of it could could really, really improve from what I have seen. And field position is just huge. Great defenses almost always have great special teams. Look at the Patriots in the NFL. Best defensive coach in the history of football, Bill Belichick. You know what the Patriots are always good at? Special teams. Always, always, always the two play off of one another. And, you know, Mikhail Wright did have two kick returns for touchdowns in that 2019 season. Uh, One before the half at USC when uh, when the Ducks thrashed the Trojans in the Coliseum. I was there. It was pretty great. 
and then that year in the game against Oregon State at home. But outside of those two moments, I really just noticed and started to pay more and more attention to how the kick returns were rarely any good. I mean, Oregon did not have great starting field position. And think about it like this. If you underestimate how important special teams are, the difference between starting at you know, the 32 and the 24-yard line is basically a first down. That's an intent. That's you get further away out of the shadow of your own end zone, depending on you know where you're actually getting the ball out to. There's a lot that impacts an offense's ability to succeed, and field position is one of them. If you're constantly starting, you know, inside your own 20 or inside your own 25, and you never have a relatively short field to work with, it excuse me, it weighs on the psyche of of your offense, of your quarterback. You feel like you have to do more, and that's not a good thing. And it's it's important to be able to give your offense a short field to work with from time to time. I don't think Oregon has done that very well. Lest I mention punt returns were on both sides. I, could, I think I can confidently say Oregon has been bad in that department over the last couple of years. They have been bad. I mean, the returns are rarely good. The coverage was never great, lest we forget Britton Covey in the Utah game this year, right before the half, literally as the half was expiring. I mean, goodness gracious. But, I mean, to be kind of fair, that guy is elite as a return man and is going to make it in the NFL. But it was still inexcusable to allow that punt return touchdown before the half. And on, on punt returns, how many times... Was Oregon pinned inside their own five because the returner didn't catch the ball? I mean, we had to go 99 yards twice against Ohio State, and somehow we did, but that shouldn't have happened. You have to be able to to have your return guys coached better to the point where they're not allowing the ball to just land inside the 10. I mean, you've got to be able to go over there and make a catch at, at some point, and I think Oregon struggled with that mightily. So I'm excited for... Joe Lorig to to take over the special teams and hopefully be able to hopefully be able to uh, just improve that area. I mean, it's just it's one of those things that you know we as Duck fans were looking at during the Chris Ball era, and if you were watching closely, going, "Boy, we're really not doing that very well," and we could do it a lot better. And I think that I think that this hire, Lorig, who's got a good track record as a special teams guy and also is going to be thrilled to be working at the University of Oregon. I think that's a great, great combination. Uh, final thing here today, wrapping up on the staff and also make sure you have liked and subscribed because there's a special guest coming on the show later this week. It'll be Friday's episode and you will not want to miss that. I'm not going to spoil the surprise, but many, many of you will know exactly who it is. Junior Adams, the wide receiver coach slash co-offensive coordinator coming from Washington down to Oregon. I just want you to think about this. I mentioned yesterday how he coached Cooper Cup, a guy who is now one of the best receivers in the NFL. That exemplifies something that is, I think, sort of an underrated part of coaching. It reminded me of something that Clint Chamblin of Locked On Georgia said about Dan Lanning and his ability to develop players, I think that's arguably the most important important part of college coaching. Heck, look at Verone McKinley. He came to Oregon, and he was you know, a rotational guy when he started as a freshman, and he was a three-star recruit. He's leaving as a first-team All-American 
and soon-to-be NFL draft pick, and I, I think a good player in the NFL. It's more important to be able to develop two- and three-star guys into four- and five-star caliber players when you're at a school where recruiting is a little bit tougher than what Oregon has proven they're capable of the last couple of years. But if you recruit at a high level and you can prove to be a great developer of talent, which I think Junior Adams has shown, at least with the Cooper Cup and some other guys as well, he's capable of doing that. That's how you make special college football teams that are able to compete with the SEC teams of the world. Because Nick Saban doesn't just bring in high-caliber recruits. He develops them into really, really good players and gets the most out of their talents. That's how you build an elite college football program the way that Nick Saban has done, that Kirby Smart has done, that Davo Sweeney has done at Clemson, and all those sorts of guys. So I'll leave you with this. I saw a quote from our new strength and conditioning coach, Wilson Love. He was talking about being a part of the Ducks or something. I didn't actually get the full context, but here's a quote that you know doesn't mean much in the grand scheme of things, just fires me up. Great way to end the show. He said, we did not come here to take part. We came here to take over. Boom. Mic drop. Episode over. See you tomorrow. Have a wonderful rest of your day and go Ducks.